Every story in scripture awaits a response. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and this is the eighth class in a series designed to cover the 17 periods of Bible history. Now, this is not a verse-by-verse -verse analysis. This is a survey of Bible history where we work through a timeline starting with Genesis and moving all the way toward Revelation. The purpose is to have the big picture well in mind. This will help us in all of our Bible study and all of our Bible reading efforts. Briefly, let's revisit previous studies. Class number one, God's creative work, Adam and Eve's sin, the episode with Cain and Abel, and the genealogical table. This is all from the first five chapters in Genesis. Class number two, Noah and the flood. We read about the causes of the flood, the instructions God gave to Noah, the flood itself, and the aftermath. Class number three, the Tower of Babel, which explains the expansion God wanted of people into nations spread out. Class number four, very important, about Abraham, the promises God made to him, and those promises were transmitted or fulfilled through Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Class number five, Moses takes the people out of Egypt, obviously with God's help, out into the desert for their long journey toward the promised land. On that journey, they receive the Ten Commandments. What is happening is God is slowly but with purpose fulfilling the promises made to Abraham to build a nation from his descendants and give them a land, and through them, the Savior would come to offer blessings for all. Class number six was about the Jewish people wandering in the wilderness because of their sin, 40 years. Class number seven, our most recent class, was about Joshua and the conquest, movement into the land. And again, you can see in our review that we are not analyzing verses or digging deep into concepts or bringing up every event. This is a summary approach study through the 17 periods of Bible history. And in this class, I need for us to consider with our Bibles open, the book of Judges, many dramatic and intriguing and disappointing narratives are written in the book of Judges. Here's a good place to start in Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. This is a good summation of what this Old Testament book is about. Have your Bible open to Judges chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. When Joshua dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. 
who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years, and they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in timnath Heras, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. You see how this passage sets the tone, sets the scene for the rest of the book. And if you have studied the book of Judges before this class, you are familiar with this kind of chart that I'm going to put up showing the cycle of events repeated over and over. You see the chart? I already have it there. There would be a period of peace in a region, and the people would be serving the Lord. They would drift into evil. God would respond with punishment for their good. They would be enslaved by an enemy or oppressor. They would cry out to the Lord for relief, and God would send a judge to that region. Through the work of that judge or warrior, the people would be delivered, peace would be restored. Then, with temptation, the people would fall back into sin again, and the cycle would be repeated. That happened in various regions of the land over and over, and that describes the period of time that covers about 480 years. That's given that time frame in 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 1. It is clear that God's people were broken, yet God was faithful to keep this nation in existence. Now let's go back and connect all of this and review our timeline. You'll notice I have circled the time frame where we are now, the period of Judges. You see before that, creation and the call of Abraham, that involves the promises that were made, taking the people out of Egypt, that's the Exodus, the entrance into Canaan, that would be Joshua, the conquest completed. Now we are after Joshua and we are into this period of time called the Judges. I believe anytime we drop into the New Testament to study history, it is crucial to know where we are in time, and that's one of the purposes in this course of study. And this timeline graphic starts in the beginning with Genesis and moves linear to the right all the way over to the end of the Old Testament era. If you were with us when we studied Joshua, you will see the words conquest and conquest completed. That era was when God gave the land of Canaan to the Israelites under the leadership of Joshua. Let's remember what that was about, since that is just previous to Judges. Let's remember what that was about. A little about the background will help us in Judges. God promised the descendants of Abraham 
He would give them the land of Canaan, the promised land. The fulfillment of that promise was delayed by the disobedience of the people, but it finally came to pass under Joshua's leadership that the nation of Israel passed into Canaan and took up their residence there after a number of military campaigns. Now, in Judges, here we are after the death of Joshua. I want you to look now at the first verse of Judges, after the death of Joshua. So we are located in time now, after the death of Joshua and before the emergence of Samuel and the kings. We're in the book of Judges. Reference may be made to something previous in the time of Moses or Joshua, but the judges came after the death of Joshua. Having established the book of Judges is history, I want us to go into that further. There are several ways historians record history. Sometimes historians go through the segment of time they are writing about with emphasis on people. Uh, they bring up monarchs and military leaders and philosophers and thinkers, and they name them and talk about them. If, for example, uh, you bought a modern book on the United States, a historian might cover that through the presidents moving from Washington to the current president. That's history with people as a reference point. There is another way historians cover time periods in history, and that approach is to look for patterns which are repeated. I have a set of books in my library called The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. And that set of books chronicles the decline and fall of the Roman Empire with patterns of behavior as reference points. Balance of power shifting, moral decline, greed, economic disaster, this approach is more concerned with themes and patterns and social conditions among the people in the culture. I'd like to suggest to you that the book of Judges is primarily concerned with patterns of behavior, or perhaps I should say patterns of misbehavior. The fall of civilizations is never just about one person, but always about people, choices, culture, choices embraced, consequences that derive from those choices, not just one leader or one political group. The book of Judges documents the decline of the people of Israel after the death of Joshua and prior to the emergence of Samuel and the kings. And, and back to that text in chapter 2, the people turned aside, turned back, became corrupt, and that corruption went in cycles of downfall. I want you to listen now to Judges 2, 17 to 19. We're getting a further, deeper picture of what was happening. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord. So they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the land of their, I'm sorry, 
he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them, and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of the practices of their stubborn ways. Are you beginning to see what this book is about? Think of it simply as less and less respect for God, with more and more attention to the lust and power and ambitions of men. This cycle of decline and delivery will occur over and over throughout the study of Judges. I have two maps we need to review briefly. First, uh, this map is built based on the allocation of the tribes of Israel in the land of Canaan after the conquest under Joshua. The companion map shows that the judges were regional leaders Tribal names and geographic areas are often mentioned in connection with the judges. I bring this up because if you start trying to calculate chronology based on the 1 Kings 6 and verse 1 reference to 480 years, and you impose that onto the book of Judges without accounting for the overlap, you may become confused. A judge in one region might have been ruling simultaneous to another judge working in another region. So Steve Rudd has provided this slide, and you can see when you study the slide or the chart how the judges often rule simultaneously. So during the time of Deborah, you also have some work being done in another region by Gibeon and Abimelech and Tola and Jar. Takeaways. Three things. You are always just a generation away from apostasy. If we don't teach our children and grandchildren the truth of God, or if we teach them, but they are not serious in receiving that teaching, a generation can be lost with only a remnant of faithful. The book of Judges will be for us a warning and a reminder to teach our children and grandchildren and to model the truth we teach them. The book of Judges also exhibits that God is long-suffering. Of course, there is evidence of that long before the book of Judges and after the book of Judges. But in Judges, the truth about God is illustrated over and over. God is inclined in his mercy to appeal to us and wait for us to repent, not forever, but he is long-suffering, not willing that any should repent. God responds favorably to repentance. If I will renounce my sin and seriously change, God honors that. In Judges, repeated over and over, there is this truth about God that he wants us to repent, and he responds favorably to repentance. I have a quote of the day. This is from Leon Morris and Arthur Condal in their Tyndale Old Testament commentary on Judges and Ruth. 
The period of the judges was of crucial importance in the history of Israel, for it was a period of transition. The nation which had been welded together from a rabble of slaves and other diverse groups had entered the promised land with high ideals and austere moral standards and is seen in judges settling down in an environment dominated by Canaanite culture and religion. Moreover, there was pressure from the surrounding countries of an occasional nature, but sometimes strong, Israel was shaped by these factors, and the future course of her history was, in measure, determined by the events of these two vital centuries. The book of Judges. Look over, please, the book of Judges. It is number eight in the 17 periods of Bible history. Next, we'll talk about Saul, David, and Solomon. And here's where we are now in the Old Testament. We are just completing that section that is covered in the books of Judges and Ruth. Thank you for being with us.